0: Hi guys, welcome to episode twelve from Two in the Tackle. Uh, today's episode is just gonna give us a little, my little preview of the teams for this year. I'll give a top eight prediction um, and a, just a little recap over the the match that happened over the weekend. Anyway, roll the intro, please. Righto, let's get straight into it. Okay, so we had a game over the weekend. We had uh, the Indigenous All-Stars versus the Māori All-Stars. If you didn't catch it or you don't know the result, where you been hiding, mate? The Māoris, they finally got up, eh? No, nah, no, nah, it was a good performance from both teams, you know, good hit out. Uh, it was just good to get the footy back. There was a few trials over the weekend as well. I didn't get much of the trials. I didn't get any of the trials, but I heard a little bit about them. Uh, But obviously, I was fixated on the Indigenous All-Star match against the Maoris. A few rumours that they might be going over to New Zealand next year, which would be pretty good. Um, My thoughts on on that long term, anyway, is uh, maybe it could be a biannual thing. Uh, Because a lot of those Aboriginals, obviously, they'll be striving to make it the Australian team. Maybe, maybe not. Who knows? But uh, the Australian team don't need to travel every year. So maybe every second year, the Australian team will tour and on those off years they can have an indigenous all-star match um after the season not in the lead-up to the season at the end of the season and they could almost even have a Blackfella cup i was calling it but you probably have to give it a, an official name pacific islands or pacific nations cup where the indigenous team will represent in that tournament as well as the Maldives will represent. And then you've got fiji tonga samoa all um wanted to chime in. I'm sure you could get another team in there. Oh, there's six. Yeah, six. Two pools of three. Winners of each pool playoff. And, you know, that, that'll get the, you know, the fans back. Anyway, who knows? Um, but just on that game, uh, the Maldives, uh, good performance. Uh, they, they played like a rep team, to be honest, the Maldi team. Uh, they had that uh, unlimited interchange, which I'd like to see gone. But maybe that could happen if they get a, an end-of-season tournament happening. Uh, because then you actually get a true test of the game. True tests, they'll able to roll through the forwards and you can have the forwards coming on and off and a few of the backs are coming off even as well. So um, I'd like to see that at the end of the season, you know, with a limited interchange and make it a more realistic game. Uh, the ones that impressed me the most for the Maldives, anyway, I wasn't watching the Indigenous side too closely. Uh, but the ones who impressed me the most was Jerome Hughes and Dallin Watanez-Elezniak. Although he only played half a game, uh, just in that half a game, it showed why the Bulldogs are so happy to keep him. It showed why he's going to... Uh, if hopefully he does come back. I'm, I'm not up to date with the latest on his injury, but for all the latest news of injury, check in on the Instagram page, General Physio, at NRL Physio, and you'll get all your news. Maybe I should practice what I preach and have a look on there before I start talking about injury news. Um, anyway, just a little thing you might want to follow. Uh, Jerome Hughes, though. The thing about Jerome Hughes is I can't necessarily put my finger on it. He's the type of player that I'm unable to tell you what makes him good, uh, but he always is in the game. He's always breaking up the game. And that try that he scored, the the, the try that he set up, at the beginning of the game, we got the ball flat-footed, everyone was frozen, and he just was first to pounce. Managed to find that hole outside, I think it was for feeder. Is it he going to be good this year, for Feeder? But he managed to find that hole outside, Fafita, and just a little bit too much pace for him. Uh, but he just comes from that Melbourne system, and it's sustained excellence. Um, and, yeah, he's, he's like a fullback, but he can play... F- he's like, you know those... Like, you would never put Joey Johns at fullback. You know what I mean? But he's like those fullbacks or those halfbacks that are so fast that he can play at fullback. Uh, you never put Bully Slayer at halfback either. So it's it's one of those strange ones. It's one of those ones that you like a kid. I remember he used to play the guy, you know, Luke Towers was his name actually. Who could who played both. He played halfback, but personally I felt his best position was fullback. Uh, but didn't mean he couldn't play halfback. It's like one of those kids that is just too good for the team to not play anywhere. You've got a fullback, or a guy, better guys that can play fullback, or you know, no one else can play halfback. So you just put him at halfback because he's just a good enough player in the team. Um, his kicking game was pretty good as well, um, and you know I'd like to see how that's going to go for the rest of the season though. But yeah, the most impressive for me uh, was Jerome Hughes and. You know, just a little secret, if you are listening, my competitors out there in Supercoach, yes, Jerome Hughes says, I've got him at halfback in my Supercoach side. Um, So yeah, that that was the most impressive for me for the Maldives. Another one that impressed me from the Indigenous side though, uh, Josh Kerr. Josh Kerr um, apparently performed well in the nines. I didn't get to notice him too much in the nines, but he showed a lot of intent. He showed showed like he was actually uh, a regular first grader in that game. So it'll be interesting to see how he, how much time he gets for the Dragons because they've got a strong pack. You know, the likes of James Graham, uh, Paul Vaughan. I think uh, Lowry was the guy who, who got the start at 13 last year. But there's also Tyson Frizzell, Tarek Sims there as well. So it'll be interesting to see if he gets much starting time because I do think he's, he's up there. Um, but he'll definitely be off the bench for the Dragons this year. I'll be shocked if he isn't. Anyway, that's my little little recap of the uh, Indigenous All Star Game, and hopefully that uh, can continue on. Anyway, um, I'm just going to go over a few of my predictions for this year, and I'm going to give you guys a top eight. My prediction or a top eight, and I'm just going to go through the teams and just I've written a few notes over the the squads that were released by the NRL, the NRL website uh, for a little while there. They were releasing their prediction of each club's NRL, sorry, each club's round one team. Now, it's a tough job, that, because, to be honest, it's straight up guessing. You know, you could probably pick maybe five to ten of the players in each team, but there's a few little players that we don't actually know about. We don't know the combinations. We don't know who's performing at training. and We we don't know the injuries either, so it's a a bit of a guess job, to be honest. So they do have a hard job. I was criticising it. And then it got to a point where I realised they actually did a pretty good job considering it's all guesswork. You know, they, They've got no idea, to be honest. Uh, but anyway, I'm going to start from... I'm, I've got five teams that I don't think will make the eight. Um, and then I've got six teams that I think could do anything, could make the eight, might miss it. And then I've got five teams that I'm willing to commit to will make the eight. And we'll just go over them quickly. I just got a quick few notes. Um, and I'm going to call my wooden spoon as well. I'm going to start off with them, the New Zealand Warriors. I'm sorry. I'm sorry because back home. Um, now, that actually could be a blessing for the Warriors, actually. by me predicting them to come last is actually a blessing. Because I'm just as likely as these guys who selected these teams. Got no idea. Anyway. All right, so with the... What are the notes that I've got on these guys? Very strong back five. Uh, so they've got, on their predicted team, they've got Tua Shek, Fusatua, Mamalo on the wings, and their centers they've predicted are Herbert and Hiku. So Herbert debuted last year, debuted against the, the Storm, I think it was. And that was a magnificent performance by them. They, they got robbed at the end there, if you ask me, by a controversial penalty late in the game to the Storm. Uh, but yeah, they've got a pretty decent back five. Uh, but I just can't see their forwards being able to maintain the pressure for the rest of the year. And at the end of the day, somebody's got to come last. If you have a look at every team this year, it's it's bloody a joke, mate. The NRL is a joke. It's impossible to predict any of these things. So give me a little bit of a break here. Uh, but, yeah, they're the team that I think are going to come last for for the only reason is someone's got to come last. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think the Titans are going to come last. I think they're going to come second last. So we'll go to them. Uh, they've, there was uh, Tyrone Roberts and Ash Taylor named in the house. Now, they're very fl- they're very uh, flashy. So, you know, they can be hot one minute and cold the next very quick. Um, Ash Taylor could have been all right. Would have been interesting to see if he made that indigenous side. But I suppose he's just coming back. Um, not many people would have voted for him. Uh, but he looked pretty... Uh, fit anyway, he looked fit at the knots So I've got a note here. Must have polish at the end of their sets. As long as those two can complete their sets and 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 have a, a nine, an eight an eight and above with their ends of sets, that's what's going to get them off the bottom of the table. They've got a strong forward pack with a lot of experience. So who they've got? They've got um, Nathan Peach, Jared Wallace, Kevin Proctor, Jai Arrow, uh, Ryan James. I think he's injured. But he's named on here. They've got that futuak, futuak, Futuaki uh, tuak, uh, Futuaki. Anyway, sorry about the mispronunciation there, brother. But he had a magnificent season last year. And so that's the thing, reason why I don't think they're going to come last. I feel as though that Ford pack are going to have a more consistent season than the Warriors Ford pack. Again, they have to stay fit. They've also got Shannon Boyd and Bryce Cartwright named in this little 17 here off the bench. So Boyd, hopefully he doesn't play, you know, if he can get up to 40 minutes, brilliant. But if he plays around that 30, 35 minute mark and he can explode for those 30 minutes and Bryce Cartwright, similar similar performance, they're not going to come last. I just think they're not going to come last. They're, they're too good of a side. Not too good of a side. Their coach is too good and I think their roster is better than, than last, personally. That's why I think they're going to come last. I'll uh, move on to the Tigers. What have I got here? Uh, not the most con- convincing one to seven eight, but all Maguire coach sides usually hit their potential. Exactly right. That's not exactly right. I wrote the bloody thing. Of course, I'm going to agree with it. All of Maguire sides, they um, that's what he does. He maxes them out. He gets them to their potential. So with that saying, they could have been in my team. The six that could have been in top eight might have missed it, but I'm going to commit that they're going to miss it. Uh, only because their 17 isn't that convincing. They'll need to be fit and win all their close ones to be a chance at the top eight, berth. Exactly right. Of course, it's exactly right, you idiot. You wrote the bloody thing. You're going to agree with it. So, yeah, there's got to be too many close games. If they've got the. the what's the word? The the steal to be able to close out their games that are close, they'll make the eight. But I just can't see them making the eight. Uh, They've got one guy to look out for though. It's um, oh actually, yeah, since I wrote about this, they've actually included uh BJ Lelure into their back line, which would be interesting to see if he performs well under McGuire. And uh they've got that Willie Tell our son. So it'd be interesting to see how he goes. Sorry about that noise as well. I'm just rearranging the paper. All right, next I've got the Bulldogs. So next coming from the bottom up. Uh Aiden Talman offensively doesn't ask many questions. He's there, he's their their front row, they've got Dylan Napa and Adam Tolman in their front row. And Adam Elliott named here at 13. I personally would have Jack, Josh Jackson at 13. But even even still, Josh Jackson, Adam Elliott, Dylan Napa and Aiden Tolman, they're not too threatening offensively. They don't look like a team. They're not players that really bend the line back too often. They, they're fit. They get through a lot of work, definitely. But you do need a little bit of X factor. You just look at the top. Four teams from last year in their four-pack. Josh Papali'i, Siwa Takiaho, Nelson Asofa-Solomona. Uh, Sa- oh, not Sam Burgess necessarily, but they had Cam Murray. Now, though he's small, he was he was still the X Factor when Burgess wasn't there, performing well. So that's why I don't think they're going to be in the top eight this year because they don't have many uh, people that can bend the line back. But in saying that, they will have Della the Zalesniak and Corey and I, who also played well in that Indigenous game. They'll be good. They've got a decent back three when uh, Watena, Zelezniak, Meany, and Okenbo, uh, and Remus Smith, and Hoppawani. They're pretty classy in the centres as well. So uh, again, you know, with any NRL side, as long as they, you know, keep in the tight matches, they'll probably make the eight. But I just, I've committed that they're not going to make the eight. Now, this one, this one's a bit of a shock, but I'm going to, it's not a shock, but it's a shock in a sense that I'm com- I'm committing that they're not going to make the eight committing sharks. I don't think they're going to make it. What have I got written here? Strong and experienced backline. How they shape up week to week will be interesting because yeah, I don't think this one to seven is going to be the one to seven for the whole year. They've got Moylan, Morris, Ramian, Sherry, Dugan. Johnson and Townsend and I just don't think that's going to be the one to seven for most of the year and if they got to pick their top squad I don't think that's going to be it so um, and the loss of Gallant got to be big Fafida's got to take a little while to come back and the balance between Johnson and Townsend will probably be the, the key for them I've got here quantity from Townsend and quality from Johnson so Johnson doesn't need to do much Normally, I'm the type of person, you want to get the ball in the hands of the best player the most. But for this case, I want Johnson getting the ball the least amount of times. I'd rather Moylan touching the ball more than Johnson. I want Johnson touching it with quality balls. Quality ball, quality touches. He doesn't need to overplay his hand. I know he likes to get involved and that's fine. But he doesn't need to carry the team. He just needs to have quality touches. That would be my prediction. So those five, I'm going to commit. They're not going to make the eight. Warriors, Titans, Tigers, Bulldogs, and Sharks. Put a line for all. If you're listening to me, they're not going to make the a Gone. Okay, now these next six here, these are the ones that... Three of these will make it, and three won't. Three of these will make it, and three, unfortunately, will be missing out. They'll be in Bali in October. I suppose everyone will be in Bali in October. They'll be in Bali in September. Okay, so I've got the Knights... Uh, an experienced enough forward pack but they'll have to figure out how to grind for long parts of the season now they've got a new coach I think it's the Roosters um, the Roosters assistant from last year what's his name Adam O'Brien apparently he's from the school of Bellamy as well similar to Maguire in a way and and Seabold Uh, he did do a little bit under Trent Robinson so be interesting to see if a little bit of Trent Robinson play comes out in the Knights there. Uh, but yeah, I think their packs experienced enough. But do they have the consistency? Their back line's pretty decent. They've got um Pierce. Here, here we go, exactly right. There, number six is Phoenix Crosland. Now, they've got Connor Watson. Uh, and a guy who came to light during the nines. Now, let's face it, it's nines. So you can have young guys playing in your nines and they can sort of show their skill set that they have against their own age group because there's nine players on the field, nine defenders. Um, I don't want to talk him up too much myself only because he's still young. But there's talks of him, you know, getting a start at six. No, put Watson at six, man to the bench, ponger at fullback. Piers can run the show. Watson just needs to make his tackles. And if they're worried about making his tackles, I don't know why he's playing 14, because he goes into the middle of the field. Make your fucking tackles. He's good enough. I think, and you just gotta, just it's about the system. He can play six if he's got a good system. The guy's inside and outside of him. If they can defend well as a unit, Watson will be fine. So I think they need to get Watson at six and allow Ponga and Watson to play off the back of Piers. Uh, but yeah, I'm not sure. They would be hit or miss this year. It's up to their forward pack, really. Can they grind? They've got up and Saifiti, the two origin front rowers from last year. Fitzgibbon and Barnett and Glasby. So they're exactly right. Listen, look at that. Exactly right. Stop saying that before I knock your head in. You wrote the bloody thing. So yeah, that's the forward, experience forward pack. Broncos. What have I written here? Not convinced on the back five order. Exactly. So they've got... In this thing here, it's Asako, Oates, Staggs, Bird, and then Boyd on the wing. So I'm going 1-5. to five. Um, There's no point in Boyd playing at 5. There's absolutely no point. He's a better talker than Asako. He's still good defensively. Oh, right, he missed a couple tackles, mate. Fucking hell, it happens. But I would rather have Boyd at fullback defensively and if Asaka wants to attack going into the try line at fullback that's fine but in saying that Boyd's the best at that Boyd is the best at that so I just don't know why they would name him at five here now he very well could be but that's why it's just fucking guesswork because no one knows what Seabold's going to do with Boyd there. They've got Stags and Bird in the centres again. This talk of Bird maybe even getting to run at fullback. So I'm not convinced on that back five there. Uh, the the loss of Lodge is the reason why I don't think they're going to make the eight because now that does is it just starts to to go down in the in their forwards. They've got a young forward pack as it is. And then when they lose their number one front rower, or maybe he's your number two, they end up starting to go down to the number four, number five, number six front rowers. Jake Turpin was named at nine, and I've written here, unsure how he'll start in front of McCulloch. Let's be honest, McCulloch played Origin, was it last year or the year before? uh, But impressed with his trajectory. So Jake Turpin's playing well, but I just still think McCulloch is good enough to be playing at nine. He might not, what what do I know again? Hopefully a little bit better than these guys that put it together, though. Uh, they've got Fafita. Fafita will be good and Payne Haas will be good again because they're, you know, they're, they're on the rise. And yeah, Tevita Pamba Jr. Too inconsistent for my liking. Too inconsistent for my liking. So that's why I feel like they're not a certainty to make the eight, but they could get a good hot run towards the finals. And if they do scrape in that confidence, that exuberance, that young, that youth, that could actually get them over the line. Brodie Croft at seven, I don't think is good enough either. But they need to get someone in there. And uh, yeah, the guys that played halfback last year, I thought was pretty good. They had... Uh, who was it? Fuck, I can't remember his name. But anyway, I thought he was all right. Okay, Dragons. They're hit or miss as well. Could make it, might not. Young back five, and will need to stand up to have a successful season. So this back five they've got here is Lomax at one. Pearson, Aiken, Lafay, and Pereira at five. So it's a young back five there. It's not too intimidating, but that doesn't mean they're not going to be consistent. Um, the thing for me is why I feel like they could still make the eight and why they're in that could miss it, could not, could make it category is their forwards. Uh, they've got Paul Vaughan, James Graham, Tarek Sims, Tyson Frizzell, Trent Merrin's been named in their squad. Fuck, I forgot about him. And yeah, that Josh Kerr is putting pressure on their, their starting side as well. Um, Cameron McGuinness will miss a large portion of the season, but easy replacement there. Isaac Luke. And he's, he's gotten away from the Warriors. He was lazy at the Warriors. He was comfortable. And when he went to the Dragons, he pretty much knew he wasn't going to be the starting night. So he's got himself into shape. He played okay, but no one's as good as the cheese at night. Well, no Mouldy anyway. is as good as the cheese at night. So he didn't get much game time. So I didn't get to see if he had the motor there. But I'm pretty sure they'll rotate him. So Isaac Luke will slip right tonight until McGuinness gets back. Cowboys. Another one of those teams. I can't commit to them to be in the eight. But they could very well make it. Who are their forwards? McLean, Maguire, Cooper, Shane Wright is named at 12 on here, but I think Cohen Hess is going to get that starting spot. And Jason Tomalolo at 13. Here we go. What have I written here? Not quite sure of the balance of the side. They have plenty of talent experience, but unsure how it will come together throughout the season. Now, I think I've I've changed my mind after the Nines. They've got Valentine Holmes. Scott Drinkwater played well in the Nines. There's that uh, other... Is it Clifford? Yeah, because Cogger is at um, the the bulldogs they've got clifford who probably won't get the first start of the first game but you know putting pressure on Drinkwater and in that could be good they could also put scott Drinkwater water the wing and put um what's his name and while i say wing doesn't mean he just stays wing does bloody scoots he's on the field he can play fullback there's i'm sick of these guys just because he's got a five on his back means he has to stay on the sideline all the time they can but they don't have to Eels again. Not fully convinced on these guys there. Uh, what have I got here? The car they drive will be fast. So yeah, it's about their heart. So Dylan Brown and Mitchell Moses. The car they drive will be fast at top speed, but can they handle the steering? So that mean what I mean by that is they've got a brilliant backline, and their forwards are piping hot. Campbell Gillard, Paulo Lane, Madison Brown. They've got Takairangi, Evans. Niocore and Alvarez off the bench. So and I think that I think this is the most accurate 1-17. When the guy was going through whoever did these teams, he would have gone, thank God to the Eels. This one will be the most accurate. Their back five is unbelievable. Did I say it? Guthlinson, Sivo, Jennings, Blake, and then Ferguson. Had to, I don't want to confuse you. That's Wonga Blake and then Blake Ferguson. So again, that team's going to be a hot side, but they need to get. They need to be on track. The steering needs to be on. So yeah, Parramatta. They they of these six, they're obviously in the the top half of it. They're probably gonna make it, but they might miss it. They might miss it because their away form last year wasn't the best. Now this one, just because they don't have the best team looking team on paper, and their premiership hopes rely massively on the fitness of their fullback. Now, I think he's the best player in the game. A lot of people argue that, and that's fair enough to argue. But I just love the way Tom Trebojevic plays. Uh, the best player in the game must be on the field during the finals. So as long as they make the finals, if he's on the field when they make the finals, their premiership chance. Quality forwards with plenty of experience and go forward could take a while to settle on their spine but forwards must do their job just like any other side. But their forwards they've got Fanua Blake, Tapou. That's it. He is going to have the best of his season. If he's the best front rower this year, they make the eight. No questions asked. And if if Turbo's on the in the team throughout the finals, they make the grand final. So Syrinen and Thompson were good last year. They can repeat that. They tried tried, tried and tested. And Jake Trebovich, my favourite player. So Tom Trebovich is the best player in the world and Jack Chaboy, if it's my favorite player. Might want to change my last name. You never know. Anyway, I think they're going to make the grand final as well, by the way. But in saying that, I'm not convinced that they're making the eight. I don't know. I know. I'm an idiot. Anyway, those are the six that I think could miss it, might not make it. Could miss it, might make it. Who knows? I don't even know what I'm saying. Right, now we've got the five teams that I'm locking in. They're going to make the eight. Now, if you haven't Uh, figured it out the process of elimination we've got the Panthers the Raiders the Storm the Rabbitohs and the Roosters right now you all know why I think the Roosters are going to make it quality side so we won't speak too much about them okay but we'll start off with the Panthers Um, their fullback I'm not convinced on but he continually gets picked so there must be something that he's doing well but for me it's it's that's it their forwards are good enough their backs are good enough they've got class in the halves no one can stop this kicker. I don't care what anyone says. No one can stop him. And solely because of that is why they're going to make the, the finals. Strong forward pack in front of the halves. If they can polish off sets, like I said about the Titans halves, they'll be a force in the finals. Because no one can stop this kicker. They've got Tamo, Teravano, Isaac uh, Isaiah Yo, and James Fisher-Harris. That's the ones that are named. They've also got that Liam Martin coming off the bench who may, as well, may get a start as well. They could have Tenevado come off the bench. But yeah, they've got a quality side this year. I think Ivan Cleary is going to make sure that they don't do the same as last year. And Cleary plays well with Lua. Lua is a good player. He's got a haircut. He looks sharp. And I think there's certainty to make the eight Raiders, just off the back of last year, uh, they have lost Rapata and Lalua. But doesn't mean they've got to make the grand final again, but I think they're too too much class in their side. They've got Papa Li'i, John Bateman's injured to start, but he, he'll come back. Whitehead's a good player. Tarpity came to uh showed why he's an international. Soliola's got experience, but it all it all it's about Hudson. You know, Smith is the best hooker in the game, Cookie's the next best hooker in the game, but Hodgson ain't too far behind. If he is even behind. You know, he doesn't play like Cook. He plays a lot more similar to Smith. And to be fair, if Hodgson had been doing this since when Smith started and was Australian, they'd be saying he's the greatest hooker we've ever seen. Um, Yeah, you heard me say it. If he was Australian and he'd been doing it since Smith had been doing it, he'd be in that conversation. But he hasn't. So that's why Smith gets the title. But Hodgson's a very good player. And and that's why I'm, I'm confident to lock them in top eight. Storm, well, you know what I think of them. Sustained excellence, 1 through to 17. Pure class. I mentioned Jer- Jerome Hughes earlier on. I think he's going to have an excellent season. They've got Cam Munster. Uh, they've got that Ryan Pappenhausen. They've also got that other guy, man. I remembered his name, but I've forgotten it. He's another fullback played for the Falcons last year. Very fast. But, yeah, just their class. Look, they've got Brandon Smith on the bench for crying out loud. Dale Finucan, Kenny Bromwich, Felice Kafusi. It's just pure... Look at this team. The whole team is full of internationals. Okay, Marion Seve is not an international. And Jerome Hughes. He would played in the Kiwi squad, but... They've got Brandon Smith on the bench. Seriously. Seriously. Top 8 certainty. And, well, the Rabbitohs. Now, the Rabbitohs got going to make the top 8 because Wayne Bennett doesn't miss. Simple as that. But also, they've got Damian Cook, Adam Reynolds, Cody Walker. They've just got the inclusion of Latrell Mitchell. Personally. Personally. Let's, let's talk about him didn't want him to leave but he left credit to him whatever please for the sake of South Sydney the sake of Littrell Mitchell start him in the centres once he gets his match fitness they talked about Greg Inglis' match fitness last year he couldn't even finish a game at center. but Mitchell's at the start of his career let him start in the centres he can roam around if he needs to but the workload offensively and defensively for a fullback, he's not up to it just yet. And I think we saw that in the All-Stars game. The skill level, fine. If it's only five, if a game was five minutes, play fullback. But unfortunately, the game, no, fortunately for me, it's 80 minutes. So I don't think he has the the Ks and the legs to be able to do it for 80, uh, 30 weeks, 80 minutes. So start him off in the centres. And then eventually move him to fullback. That'll be my tip. And also Cam Murray. They named Adam Reynolds the captain yesterday, was it? Congratulations to your uh, Diggity. But um, I would have gone with Cam Murray. I know he's too young. I know Reynolds is a lot more experienced. And he does deserve the captaincy. But me, myself, personally, I would have gone with Cam Murray. That's just me. What do I know? Anyway, they're my um, thoughts and ideas on on each team this year. So yeah, we're gonna lock in the teams that aren't gonna make it. I can't even remember the five, but you know what I'm talking about. Have a listen again if you don't remember. Um, and who we're we gonna if I've got to commit to an eight, I've got the Storm, the Panthers, the Raiders, the Rabbitohs. the Roosters. Obviously that's the five, and then I'm gonna go with it. Sea Eagles eels and the dragons because they're four packs too good sorry broncos but it's up to you to prove me wrong anyway that's my prediction for each team this year hopefully you guys uh enjoyed it anyway or took something out of it but anyway tell me what your predictions are tell me what you think each team's gonna be like this year and and give us your top eight anyway peace we out of here thanks for listening